0: Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. We're going to take some time right now to talk to uh, uh, a client of Sands & Associates, uh, Blair's, uh, Blair's good buddy, Bill.
1: Yeah, so so thank you for joining us today, Bill. My pleasure.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Um, and Bill, you've been a client of the firm. We were we were just discussing that you know it was basically two two years from the day you reached out to us until today, and it's been you know in, in your words a bit of an incredible journey, a turnaround here. Um, definitely, that's the purpose of today is to give you a chance you know to share the experience that you've been to with the idea that it's going to help others who might be in a similar situation and are just scared to reach out for help. Wonderful. So I wonder if we could start, Bill, just you know open. Ended. Could you tell us about the situation, you know, what you were facing when you reached out to us?
2: Sure. Um, a few years uh, prior to my first contact with Sands, I was involved in a, uh, a recreational hockey accident where I was uh, hit from behind by uh, somebody playing ice hockey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in a lot of trouble and I had my first spinal cord surgery uh, that night. Wow. And I had my second spinal cord surgery uh, approximately six months later. And I um just, uh, everything kind of downworld spiraled from there. I was never had any problem paying my bills uh, pre- prior to that. I had a fantastic credit score and beacon score. And uh, as you can imagine, when you, uh, have uh, those kind of surgeries and you're off work as long as I was, um, things happen.
1: How old were you at that time, Bill?
2: Oh, wow. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> so we're going to go back, uh, <laughs> 45 years old i guess
1: okay so you were out i think you were telling me friday night recreational hockey game in front of the net and suddenly your, your whole life changes with a cross check right
2: yeah i wish i was in front of the net if i was in front of the <laughs> net it wouldn't have been so bad i was actually in the corner oh, God. Uh, playing for the puck and uh, somebody decided they were going to cross check me from behind head first and that was it
0: bill how long did it take you uh before you realized you needed some guidance and some help with this uh how long did it take before you reached out
2: Yeah, that's an excellent question. Too long. I wish uh, that uh, the answer to that question is I waited almost three years to call Sands & Associates because I was always that guy that wanted to pay these bills and I was always embarrassed and just wanted to do everything the right way uh, or what I thought was the right way. And uh, as it turns out, I was doing it wrong the entire time. So uh, three years after the accident, I finally was in s- such a bad place that I called John Manson at Sam's, and uh, the rest is history.
0: Can I ask, Bill, what were the things that you did in those three years that you're probably being way too hard on yourself about? Mm. But what what were the kinds of things that you were doing to sort of stay above water?
2: The paying everything, paying uh, paying my bills, paying the interest on those uh, on those uh, credit cards and the debt, um, pawning stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, borrowing money from family and friends, it was uh, it was very tough, and uh, things that uh, that in retrospect I should have never done.
0: Right, but you did the very best you could with what you had at the time, and I I, I hate I don't like hearing somebody be so hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. So eventually you reached out, and things turned around pretty quickly. Or can you talk about that process?
2: Things changed instantly. I never received one more phone call from. Anybody I owed money to, the moment that I signed the papers with uh, with Sams and Associates, uh, the process was so easy, and I was well informed of uh, what was going to happen, and uh, everything that I was told uh, happened exactly as planned.
1: So, Bill, you, you mentioned John in our Surrey office and, you know, definitely John's an excellent in, in terms of client service. Can you tell me a bit about, you know, your initial contact, you know, because people get very scared of that first meeting. Are they going to walk in to, to feel judged to someone who's going to examine in minute detail all of their, their mistakes? Mm-hmm. Can you tell, tell us about that initial consultation with John?
2: Well, that's almost like you just described me because I, I walked in thinking I was going to be judged or somebody was going to think that all of the debt was entirely my fault. Um, and uh, John was the complete opposite of that. He uh, listened to my story, and he uh, asked the right questions, and uh, in a matter of uh, a few days, uh, the process was in place, and the papers were signed to uh, to get the process started.
1: Right. And, and what did you actually file, Bill? Are you comfortable sharing a bit of the details there?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I did a proposal, mm-hmm. so uh, John gave me the differences, I told me the differences between a bankruptcy and a proposal, and told me what his suggestions were of what uh, suited me best. And uh, after thinking about it for a day, I I agreed with him. And um, he told me exactly what was going to happen in the process, uh, how it was going to take place. And I just signed the papers, and the rest was in his hands. And uh, um, exactly as promised, I never received one more phone call, one more letter, one more bill. I never received uh, anything.
0: What was the thing that... uh, that surprised you the most about the process bill
2: how easy it was Mm. i wish i would have done it uh, back in 2012 Uh, to to think that i waited three years to uh, have that burden released from me and that weight off my shoulders and my back i was uh, i just felt like i was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders
1: Right. And the, Bill, those words are just echoed with so many of the clients I, I see day after day. You know, we, we take this so personal and in, into our own character and we, we judge ourselves about it there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, Bill, you know, from someone, if they're not familiar about a consumer proposal, you know, I explained it in a very you know, technical trustee way, you know, from your perspective, what did the proposal do for you? What was your, your life before? Um, you told us, you know, the, the calls and all that stopped, but, you know, in most cases with the proposal, the debt is significantly reduced and you don't pay the interest. So I'm curious of the arrangement that was able to be worked out.
2: Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact numbers. Yep. It's so long ago now, but uh, whatever whatever it was, uh, it was immediately, I felt like every single month all I was paying was interest right. on all of the credit cards and all of the debt. It instantly became one single payment that was completely manageable. And was not something that had me worried and keeping me up at night. Um, I knew that the payment, the one single payment, the negotiated uh, payment was going to come out on a certain day of the month. It was paid to Sands and Sands took care of everything and it was so easy
1: yeah and, and bill i'm I'm really happy to hear you describe the proposal payment that way you don't remember how much it was or what you saved but you remember that it fit into your budget and that's you know very core when a, when a trustee does a consumer proposal we have to make sure this is going to fit in the person's budget they're going to be able to perform it it's in everyone's best interest here so and i find when i sit down with folks if we add up what they're paying in interest each month almost every case the proposal is a lower payment than what they're actually already paying and the proposal has an end date. You're going to be done this in you know three, four, five years at the most. Whereas if you're paying interest, you're probably on the never, never plan. And you may never right. pay it off, right?
2: Exactly. And I can't believe how fast uh, time has gone by so quickly. Uh, we're only a few years into it now, and uh, the um, I've only got a couple of years left until I'm completely released of uh, of the um, what's the word I'm looking for that uh, my my obligation the sands, and then I will be completely whole. But so much has changed in that two years, I'm already in a much better place and much better off than I was uh, the very first day that I I met John.
0: Bill, can you talk about uh, the kind of new habits or attitude that you have that you didn't have before when it comes to your finances?
2: Absolutely. I'm saving money. (laughs) I've got uh, money in the bank, and uh, I've got um, going on vacation uh, next month. Going down to Mexico for a week, and uh, that's just uh, would have been unheard of uh, a few short years ago.
0: And it must feel very um, that you're doing things with ease as opposed to with anxiety now. I'm
2: doing things uh, that I've, that uh, within uh, common sense and reason, I'm doing things that I want to do, and I'm still just keeping in mind that I have obligations. to, uh, to take care of from Sam's and my uh, getting my credit back mm-hmm. for the first time in years, uh, my, my credit score is rising again, and. Uh if if uh, if you don't mind, can I entertain you with a, just a quick story about a credit card very quickly? Yeah,
1: Bill, I was actually going to ask you that that question just just next. So it's so it's perfect because you know when people come in to talk about a proposal and definitely for a bankruptcy, they come to the conclusion before they walk in the door that they'll never get credit again. Right. That they're going to be you know destroyed on a, on a long term basis. Um, and you know I can tell you what the law says. You know the law says after you finish your proposal for a couple of years after that, it's still going to show on your credit report. But I know people rebuild their credit far sooner than that. Now, Bill, you haven't finished your proposal yet, but I know you got a good story to tell here.
2: Right. i still got a few years left, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, going to be fantastic. But uh, in my first couple of meetings with John, that was besides the embarrassment and the stigma attached to what I thought I was doing wrong. Um, I was uh, mentioning to John Manson at, uh sense that I'm worried that I'm never going to get credit ever again. And he told me uh, that he has a few uh, ways that he uh, knows that I can establish my credit again. And within a very short period of time, I had a a, a secured credit card, mm-hmm. uh, which had a, a manageable uh, balance on it, which uh, I understood was just going to be temporary. And John and I have kept in contact over the last few years. And he mentioned to me uh, the next step is to to just pay your bills on time. And in a in a, a matter of time, you will be able to apply for another card. And uh, I guess maybe a month, month and a half ago, it was that I had that dates circled on my calendar that John told me to make the call, and I called up the, um, the credit card company, and I said I'd like to apply for a credit card, and uh, held my breath, and uh, a few days later, I got a letter in the mail saying that uh, I've been authorized for a another credit card, my second one now, and it now has a $5,000 credit limit, so within a very short period of time, I've, I've gone from owing tens of thousands of dollars to now having a, a non secured credit card with a five thousand dollars credit limit that uh, I'm free to use whenever I want.
0: Now, is there has your attitude or has your uh, how you operate with that credit card is that different than it was before, Bill? Like, w- what's the change now?
2: Yeah, no, I'm still very very careful with my money. I'm just uh, very cognizant of the fact that uh, you never know what's going to happen uh, in life, and I've now the difference between now and before. I've got an egg of some savings in the bank for a rainy day, so I'm I'm just being very very careful and. And it's good to be able to just go out and just spend what I want uh, within reason, right?
0: You've been so honest uh, in this interview, Bill, about the the things that you're so grateful for and appreciative of and, and the, the action that you've taken. H- have you got any more words of advice for folks who may be listening and, and really what your story is resonating with them and they're hesitant to do something or to take action? Is there some advice you can give to those people?
2: Absolutely. Um, I'm going to just be very honest. Uh, John Manson at uh, the Surrey office um, literally saved my life. I don't know where I would be uh, today if I wouldn't have walked into his office and had that first initial conversation. So um, Sands and Associates uh, did exactly what they told me they were going to do. So my words of advice if if there's anybody out there that feels like their life is spiraling, that uh, their debt is out of control, uh, whether it's uh, for th- their own fault or within, without, uh, uh, um, in my situation where it was uh, with uh, not within my uh, ability to pay because of an accident. Uh, you owe it to yourself, to your family, to make a quick call, to have a consultation, and just to, uh, have an honest opinion of where you're at. And I think you're going to be very, very surprised about uh, where you are.
0: Bill, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to uh, tell us your story. It's so important. Any th- you know, there's so many pieces that someone might hear and go, oh, boy, that sounds like me or that sounds like somebody I know that could, could get some help there. So so appreciate that. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get a financial fresh start. So uh, I love the title of this segment, it's Relaxing on a Budget. And Mm -hmm. the first thought I had, is that possible? (laughs) It definitely is. It can be more relaxing knowing you're not
1: overspending, right? Really?
0: (laughs) Wow, good. I'm glad that you're here to talk about this because my first thought was, it's not possible to be relaxed on a budget. (laughs) But I know that you've talked to lots of people who believe it. That it is. Yeah. And you've got some great ideas.
1: Yeah. So what I've been doing over the summer is just checking in with all of my financial counselors, doing some professional development with each of them. And then I've also been asking them what are some tips that I can bring on to the radio show, different themes, different things that you've heard people say, Hey, this really works for me, your guidance you give to your clients. And I thought today let's talk about, yeah, how do you take it easy? How do you relax? How do you take some time off without really breaking the bank?
0: Okay. What's your number one?
1: Well, they're not necessarily in order of importance, but, but for me being on the more bookish side, I'll say this is probably my number one is reading a book whether it's an old favorite or a new one. Library is an incredible resource. If you're looking for some good financial recommendations, um, I can't recommend The Wealthy Barber or The Wealthy Barber returns more highly enough. Um, They're exceptionally good reads. Um, Gail Vaz Oxlade has a number of very good financial books. Debt Free Forever is a very good one. Um, Obviously, if you don't want to read just about your finances, just read something. You know, Read a good story. Mm historical fiction, whatever whatever appeals to you. There's so much that's out there. And, you know, rather than buying the book online, I know it's great, Amazon, one day shipping, it gets to your door, library card is free. As long yeah. as you return the items on time, it's free. They can order in books for you.
0: And depending on where you live, uh, even downloading a book on your e-reader, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is pretty awesome that you can do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think people have no idea you can do that at the the library and I don't think it works for all. I think Amazon, maybe not, but for Kubo or Kobo, I believe for sure. Yeah. You can add books um, on the e-reader from the library, which is great. How to bring that into the 21st century.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you're cutting down on detritus in your house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Needless to say, we have a lot of that. (laughs) Books, et cetera. Um, I love this, that you included exercise. Yeah. Just light exercise. So again, all of this is
1: stuff, if you make it too big, you're just not going to do it. Uh, But, you know, go for a walk around the neighborhood. Or, you know, think about it, a low impact sport is what one of my counselors was saying here. Apparently pickleball is all the rage these days. And it I don't is. know if you've seen it around the lane, but it is. yeah, it's like tennis, but on a smaller scale, a little bit yeah. less running, less side to side. Right? Yeah. yeah. And
0: yeah, it's a larger, larger pat, or a larger head of the, uh, mm-hmm. of the racket and a bigger ball. Yeah. I've never played. I can honestly say, but I understand it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I've seen that at community centers just take off yes. like wildfire these days, but yeah, even if it's just out enjoying a walk around, you know, beautiful lower mainland or wherever you are in BC, there's a lot of natural beauty that can be enjoyed and just clear your head. You know, don't take the phone, just, you know, let your mind wander. A little unoccupied mind time can be a good thing.
0: Yeah. Very good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I also work on a a health related show. So this one comes up. Uh, The next Mm -hmm. one that you've listed here comes up a lot.
1: Ah, the idea of keeping a journal.
0: No, getting enough sleep. That's what I saw, was getting enough sleep. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. That's that's good too. <laughs> yeah, getting de-
1: definitely getting enough sleep um, is, is important. So um, you've got to allow yourself some time to wind down. So a lot of clients were telling us, you know, my mind's going a mile a minute, and, you know, thinking about eight hours. Well, you've got to basically plan for, you know, wind it down an hour before, whether it's some light reading or light exercise, nothing too strenuous, just getting yourself into that mode. And, you know, everyone's a little bit different. I worked for some people that could, you know, sleep five hours a night and be functional. I've worked with other folks that need 10 hours a day to be functional. So, you know, eight hours is typically what they recommend, but obviously you know your body better than anybody else.
0: Yeah. And -hmm. the journaling idea, which I sort of Mm -hmm. usurped a little bit, (laughs) is a terrific idea, especially at night. It's a great way of getting rid of all the stuff that's Mm -hmm. buzzing around your brain. It's a really great way to get it out on paper, and it's seems to, psychologically, just kind of takes the the noise down a few notches.
1: Oh, and it's fascinating, too, you know, to read it back in the future, you know, where you were at at that period of time. But also, to your point, Elaine, once you put something down on paper, suddenly it's not racing around your mind as much anymore. You can stare at it. You don't have to keep it in your conscious mind all the time. Yeah, or know that
0: it's written down somewhere Mm -hmm. so you don't have to worry about it anymore.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: All right, what else? Uh,
1: Decluttering. So Mm. we alluded to this a little bit earlier. So sometimes the things you own can have their own impact upon you Um, uh, to the point, you know, there's a reason why people find golf so relaxing. Golf is very much um, unobstructed, very open, not a lot of clutter all around. Um, If your house is not looking much like a golf course and looking a lot of clutter, a lot of things that are consuming, you may not even realize it, but the things that are surrounding you may be causing you some stress.
0: Especially if you have too many things Mm -hmm. surrounding you. Yeah. I would think.
1: So sometimes, you, again, you want to start small. So pick a small space or an area, You know, start decluttering, start reorganizing. Um, you can just imagine the sense of accomplishment you can feel once you've decluttered, gotten a bunch of stuff, um, gotten rid of it, wasn't adding any value anymore.
0: I like this uh, sort of remembering things as well, mm-hmm. the past, photographs, all that.
1: Yeah, I had a, a client, um, and you know, sometimes this is more in the senior generation, but I have, actually have some young folks as well that say, you know what, if I just really want to relax for a bit, I just start to look at some old photos. And you know, we've all got phones that go back you know, at least a number of years now, yeah. and you know, even just scrolling through some of your old photos, where were you when you were doing this and that, so on and so forth, can put you back into a different space of mind.
0: I love the idea of having lots of plants around as well. I'm a a great lover of that. Mm-hmm. I think they're just generally good for you to be around.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've got a few on my office and I try to keep them alive. It yeah. you know, generally brings me joy in the morning, greet the plants and you know, say yeah. goodnight to them and so on and so exactly. forth. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I love the fact that you've included meditation, uh, which we sort of talked about a little bit already. Um, start small, for sure, yeah. a small amount of time, because it can be overwhelming. People go, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine doing that.
1: Oh yeah. And, and you know, I've had some folks and I'm, I'm one of them who say, you know, I just can't meditate. Because as soon as I try to let the mind go blank, I can maybe get 10 seconds. And then the mind just has gone off again and again. And I've had people say, well, that's the point. The point is just to learn that about yourself. You know, maybe now you're 10 seconds, but a week you'll be 12 seconds or something like that. But just actually being mindful of that, that your mind Mm -hmm. is wandering and going 100 miles an hour all the time, um, you know, that can make a difference. And what I really love is one of my clients, and I put this down as a quote, is she said, you know, when negative thoughts arise, uh, acknowledge them and let them go. And let them go. Right? That's it's it, It's okay to feel negative thoughts. We're all human. We all have different things that we'd never say out loud or want to write down, but acknowledge it. Let it go. Otherwise, don't give it the power over yourself.
0: Exactly. And I think by acknowledging it, there's something that sort of depowers them mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know why that works so well, but it does.
1: Yeah. As soon as you give something a name, it sits in some ways you own it. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: I want to skip down to... Yeah. Um, you know, what What we eat, again, like I do mm-hmm. this other health show, and we talk a lot about that. And caffeine, uh, I mean, sometimes folks have no idea the impact that caffeine has on their body.
1: Yeah, the most widely used psychoactive drug in the world, right? And you're probably more of an expert than, than me, Elaine, <laughs> but I can tell you, I've gave, given up alcohol and I've given up caffeine in the oh, last three well. or four years, and caffeine was way more difficult. Ah. I, I had a lot more headaches, a lot more, you know, oh my God, I need the coffee in the morning. Right. Um, and even now I'm sitting here with a decaf. I still love the taste, but I've been able to wean the, the caffeine oh, away. Oh, see, I
0: didn't No, it was decaf. I thought you were drinking coffee just like me.
1: (laughs) No, no, it's been been a few years now.
0: Oh, that's impressive. What else?
1: But yeah, trying to, you know, minimize the caffeine stimulants. I'm trying to cook a meal, something that's wholesome, using, you know, fresh produce. We got just so many great options in BC. It's true. I think maybe the last one, Elaine, is again, really speaking towards what we're so fortunate on BC here is the idea of getting outside and going for a hike. Now a hike doesn't have to be, you're going up the grouse grind in 48 minutes flat and you're pushing everybody out of the way. There's some lovely hikes that are around for all different skill levels. Um, You know, ones that I've been been mentioned of are Quarry Rock, Lighthouse Park or Whitecliff Lake. Those are all pretty local to the Vancouver area or something if you want to drive a little bit or a bit more advanced. Um, Joffrey Lake is all over social media these days. Everyone's going there to take pictures and you know, be careful about crowds. But there are so many different options, You know, local to Vancouver, local to Victoria, or really anywhere in the province. Go out, clear your head, enjoy the nature.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. I just want to throw in the list for mm-hmm. Lower Mainland is Pacific Spirit Park. If you haven't mm-hmm. spent any time in that, it's so enormous. Right. Very easy to get lost In the trees, and the forest, and and the oxygen is really good for you as well. Listen, if you like these ideas, (laughs) I don't know how much of this you have on the website. (laughs) But if it's because of uh, money issues that you're really needing to take a break from, Go to the website, sans-trustee.com. There's just tons of good information for you, lots of great questions. Give them a call as well, nice and easy to do, 1-800-661-3030 for that free consultation and to find an office near you. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. We have Justin Anderson on the phone uh, with us right now from Aller Homes. And uh, I found this, before before we start chatting, Justin, I found this statistic uh, that I was looking up about home renovations in this country. And it said in 2015, for example, Canadians spend more, spent more than $71 billion on home improvement costs, which is about an average of $5,000 per household. And in 2017, that number is going to hit almost $73 billion. Hmm. That was astounding to me.
3: Yeah, it's... Uh it's big numbers and, you know, it's uh, definitely a booming economy. So it, it's good to see it, um, you know, especially with the market being so hot. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's good, you know, business to be in um, and everyone, you know, wants to make sure their, their assets are, you know, in shape for whenever they decide to, to sell or move on.
0: Justin's a partner with Aller Homes in Maple Ridge. He's tons of years of experience in the construction industry, uh, ranging from everything from uh, waterproofing leaky condos to specialized home renovations uh, to custom homes, building customs custom home homes as well. So let's talk about that that business, Justin, of of home renovation. Um, Boy, oh boy, uh, with those kinds of numbers, seven, almost $73 billion expected in 2017, uh, that's the number one thing that people think about is the cost and then the stress that comes with that cost. Is that a, your experience as well?
3: Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, a lot of clients, they, they reach out and they just they don't know where to go next, right? And uh, they're kind of looking for that uh, guided process, and a lot of contractors out there just, you know, don't have the time, right? So it's kind of go with us or don't. Mm. But uh, at Allaire Homes, we definitely like to make sure we, we help you every step of the way because uh, the knowledge is power and knowing what you're doing before you, you know, get into it definitely helps you out in the long run.
0: And you're kind of managing people's dreams as well. I know if I was to build a home or renovate a home to with any significance, you know, the stuff that I think about that I'd like to have, and then the reality, the hard reality of what those kinds of changes would cost.
3: Yeah, a lot of people have, uh, you know, a lot of needs, but also a lot of wants. Uh, And when it comes down to it, you know, we're in the business of trying to weigh that out for them, and, and obviously put a budget together that makes sense for those uh, clients. But at the same time, you know, it's we're in the business of building homes, renovating homes, but we're mostly in the business for you know helping our clients and helping them live better lives.
1: All right, um, Justin. I wonder if you can tell me what are the top couple, you know, two or three renovation product projects that you're seeing a lot right now in the Lower Mainland.
3: Yeah. So, you know, we work with a lot of realtors and, um, a lot of people when they're looking to buy a new home or do a renovation, you know, it comes down to kitchens, Mm uh, you know, bathrooms and obviously the common space. So family living room, uh, you know, kind of making those spaces bigger. So maybe an addition, um, so kind of the key spots in household.
1: And are there certain average costs or budget that you, you might associate? Obviously it depends on what those needs and those wants are, but you know, from a ballpark benchmark point of view, what would you think?
3: Yeah, you know, a lot of people they they start out with maybe you know a, a bathroom or two and, and kind of work their way up. But it, it could be anywhere from you know fifty thousand to a hundred thousand, all depending on you know finishes and uh, you know just what their expectations are uh, included in that work.
0: That's part of the deal too. The the uh, um, options that as a consumer we have for, like you say, finishes, but oh my gosh, for a kitchen or a bathroom, there's so many options these days.
3: (laughs) Exactly. You know, really, really being able to talk to somebody who's kind of sitting on that same, you know, same side of the table, basically, and going through, you know, what those options are, right? And uh, is it just something that everybody's buying up right now? So the price is up higher? Or is it something that you could get value out of? Right? And you know, especially if you're gonna build a home to live in for you know the next ten years, or maybe it's just an investment for the next two to three. So it's a uh, it's a lot of you know process, discovering stage before you even enter into you know ripping down walls.
0: And you're also dealing with um, not fashion as as much as trends, because I'm sure there's a hot kitchen trend right now that you're very well aware of, or a bathroom trend, uh, and. It's I, I would think it would be hard to manage those as well, those expectations that folks have coming in the door.
3: Oh, for sure. And that's why we like to really meet our clients at their home, uh, you know, sit down in their kitchen, sit down in the space that they're talking about, even just seeing how they kind of uh, describe things and talk about it. We can really pick up exactly what they're actually wanting compared to just what, you know, they saw in a magazine, right? So exactly. does it doesn't make sense for them to get it or... Is it just something that in the long run they're going to regret making that decision?
1: Hmm. So there's a lot of counseling of clients as as you go through, right, trying to guide them towards what what would be something that will make them happy in the long term even if they may not see it in the short term, I imagine. Oh, very um, much so, you know. <laughs> now, now, Justin, just on, on those uh, projects we were talking about, you know, you gave a bit of a ballpark of, of, of cost there, but, you know, we often hear of, you know, costs I didn't plan for or things, you know, I should have thought about and I didn't this. Are there some key costs, hidden costs, things that, you know, continually come up that people really need to build into their budget for a home renovation?
3: Yeah, of course. And, the you know, a lot of people, you know, they kind of, uh, you know, look online and go through, you know, what other people suggest. Uh, we always love when people reach out to us because we have a guide that kind of asks those questions that you should be asking your contractor um, and just being aware of. And, you know some of those can just be as easy as markup you know uh, if you do fixed price or cost plus there's benefit to both and a lot of people uh just don't know what those benefits are right and if there's a hidden markup in there and it's not being transparent you could be paying uh you know a lot more than what you expect um you know another big thing in in bc you know all over really is uh, asbestos as well right mm-hmm. you can get into basically doing a renovation uh, get a cost for, you know, building everything new and not realize until they test the drywall that there is asbestos. And that could add up, you know, $10,000 onto your renovation uh, job.
0: Yeah, it's a, that's a big deal. We, uh, we had to deal with that once. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge <laughs> project to get rid of drywall or ceilings or wherever it happens to be. Uh, and, and it's a costly one as well.
3: Oh yeah, I could change your mindset on on what you want to do right there, right? So having those answers before you kind of step into the next, uh, you know, design state, it's always a good thing to have the right guy there who can help you through that process. So
0: now Aller Homes is uh, based in Maple Ridge. I'm going to assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that you that you just don't work in Maple Ridge, but you you venture out.
3: Yeah, so we kind of have a unique uh, unique way of approaching it now because uh, we actually start out in the Uh We're actually a franchise model. Okay. So, uh, a lot of people, you know, think franchise, and, and they have their own thoughts on it. But what it does is it put the network of contractors together that are looking for a better way of doing things. And we've all come together to work on our software to make sure the clients are, you know, get be taken care of and get the same service no matter where they go. So. In the lower mainland, we have about 12 offices, um, you know, ranging from basically Squamish, uh, downtown Vancouver, and, you know, to Maple Ridge and Chilliwack as well. So there's definitely local contractors in your area that can help you out. Um, and because we are so, uh, you know, large in the area, we usually get a lot of better buying power as well. So, you know, it's a lot of knowledge and, and wealth of knowledge uh, that can definitely help the client out going with us. Uh, as well as we're across uh, North America and down into the States now.
0: Something to keep in mind. And it brings to mind, too, when we're talking about those hidden costs uh, in every area, depending on where you are in the lower mainland or on the island or in the interior, uh, the cost of permits, for uh building and removing uh the trash we touched on the asbestos aspect but it's it's just not that right i mean there's lots of trash involved uh when you're doing a renovation so those so that that's another hidden cost or a cost that folks need to be aware of
3: oh for sure yeah and and, you know some of those costs can be offset by even just uh you know, reaching out to some of our local people that'll take donations, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, uh, Habitat for Humanity now even comes and does pickups. So there's a lot of other things to think of. And, you know, other contractors just don't have that time. Uh, But we'd like to make sure we're trying to go for a, a, a greener community for the future.
1: Now, Justin, we often on on this show, we talk about, you know, how debt resolution is something is, you know, you got to talk to a professional, don't try to do it yourself, you're probably not going to get good results. Um, I wonder in your um, industry, you know, are there certain things where, you know, DIY, do it yourself is the wrong decision here? Some things if you're contemplating this type of renovation, you better get a professional involved or you're going to pay more later? Yeah, I
3: mean, mean, a lot of people, you know, we live in a time where it costs a lot to do something. So they, you know. They look on youtube and say hey i can do that myself right and uh you know sometimes when it comes down to you know even plumbing or electrical you know it could actually risk your family and uh, you know when you look and and weigh that to the end it's just not worth that risk um but yeah basically you know if if you're looking at doing you know maybe your flooring or uh you know painting or a lot of people nowadays just changing the hardware on your doors or or in your kitchen cabinets right those kind of jobs definitely can be maintained and and sometimes we break down those costs for the clients. And if they Mm. say, Hey, you know what? I can take that on. We'll give them a little bit of guidance, help them out uh, and let them take that on themselves.
0: What about uh, the uh, thoughts or advice for folks uh, reaching out to contractors? I mean, do you guys do all of that work and can you help with that?
3: Yeah, so we have a we have a lot in house, but at the same time, we use a lot of sub based on you know what our clients' tastes are. So uh, from day one, you know, a lot of people say, "Hey, I'm looking for a designer. I'll phone you after." Really, we're probably the best guys to call right off the bat because we'll kind of give you the the mindset of what you're going to be looking at. Uh, we'll give you the guides, and then we can kind of pull you in a direction if you you know need to speak to a mortgage specialist or if you need to talk to a, a specific designer. Uh, even an architect or a draftsman. So, uh, you know, we definitely um, provide all those services and and we can, or we can point you in the right direction. So
0: what are the kinds of points or, you know, the top three things that folks need to think about uh, before reaching out, let's say to a designer, because I know that's very sort of en vogue to do is get a designer now for these renovations. Uh, What are the kinds of things that we need to pay attention to?
3: Yeah, so I mean, a lot of, uh, sub-trades out there too, like uh, if you're speaking about cabinetry, right, they have their own designers for cabinetry. So uh, whether maybe we're doing a bathroom or a kitchen renovation, uh, you kind of have an idea and we can kind of design off that and use, you know, cabinetry specialists, flooring specialists to, to use those design uh, expertise. Or maybe in your case, we should reach out to a designer to kind of bring everything together Um, So really each client's a little bit different and, and, you know, that could be a huge cost savings in the end, right? So making sure knowing what you want uh, as well as if a designer is even needed. Um, I know a lot of people too, you know, they always speak, I need an architect, I need an architect and, you know, maybe just a draftsman is the best way to go. There's a lot of different avenues to go down and because, you know, construction's kind of a, a broken system lately, there's so many different ways to approach it. So, That's where we want to make sure we sit down, realize what the client's needs are, and then we can kind of address that in the best direction.
0: We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Now, we're talking about if you're in debt and you've got a whole bunch of things, you're a busy person, you've got a whole bunch of areas that concern you on a regular basis, there are some what we're going to call sneaky credit killers mm-hmm. that is really important to pay attention to. So these are things that could impact or hurt your credit rating. So basic mistakes that folks make, uh, and here's the key, they are basic. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're alone in thinking this. Uh, we've got a list together of the top five mistakes that can hurt your credit rating. and. Let's just start at the at the first one. Why mm-hmm. is leaving unpaid cell phone bills or paying your bill late on a regular basis Top of the list, Blair.
1: Yeah, this one was so hard to believe for me, and so surprising. But it's actually the number one reason why, when people go and seek a mortgage approval, sometimes it comes back with, "Hey, your credit rating isn't good enough. We're not going to approve you, or we're going to give you, you know, a non-prime rate." Um, the number one reason for that is unpaid cell phone bills. That's
0: crazy yeah. that that would impact a mortgage.
1: Yeah, and it's often it's the smallest expense each month. Maybe it's less than a hundred dollars, or somewhere in, in around there. Yeah. Um, but just by paying that late every month, cell phone companies—I don't know whether. It's it's a conscious decision or not i feel like it is a conscious decision mm-hmm. they are the quickest of any creditor you'll ever deal with to suddenly throw you into collections mm. and once you go into collections you get the incessant phone calls but even more than that you get the negative ticks on your credit report so every debt that you have is going to say do you pay it on time do you pay it late are you delinquent so on and so forth as soon as you've missed a couple payments on your cell phone bill you can bet Dollars to donuts, they're going to be every month putting a tick on your credit report. If that persists for months or a year or longer, it can be a you know a negative history that's going to be a bit tough for you for you to outweigh with even the positive things that you're doing.
0: And in this day and age, one feels like you have to have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So once you've got those uh, checks against you, yeah. It's tough, right? It's tough to come back from that, even to get onto another plan or mm. but mortgage, that's that's surprising me, right?
1: Yeah. So the big takeaway here is, you know, don't assume just because it's a small amount that it's suddenly inconsequential. It's absolutely not. And again, the the practice of the cell phone companies is they will hurt your credit quickly. And again, it's a collection tool. They they tell you this, we're gonna send you to collections, it's gonna have an impact on your credit, and right. they will follow through on that.
0: Okay. Too high a balance on my Credit cards?
1: Yeah, so there's a metric that's uh, called credit utilization, and it's really simple. It says, you know, if you've got a thousand dollar limit and your balance is consistently at seven hundred and fifty dollars, you're at seventy five percent of utilization. So, okay. what is your balance, and what percentage, you know, are, are you using? And credit bureaus work a little bit differently, in that sometimes they'll pull information in the middle of the month when the balance is high, or sometimes they'll pull it at the end of the month when you've just paid it off. So, you know, sometimes you might say, well, this is never a problem for me because I my balance might be high but I pay it off every single month right. But if the credit bureau has pulled that information from the middle of the month when you were at, you know, 90, 95% utilization, that can be a negative thing. Um, The reason for that is creditors start to think, well, if you're bumping up against your limit consistently, you know, is this a risk factor that perhaps you're not managing things? You know, credit cards are not supposed to be, you know, permanently in debt, you carry a balance all the time. Mm -hmm. So seeing that you're carrying a balance on one or multiple cards uh, that can be, you know, a high percentage of that limit, that could be a risk factor for creditors and that can have a negative impact on your credit score and your rating.
0: See, my brain tells me that the opposite would be true. It means, mm-hmm. oh, you you maximize your credit, you pay it off each month, mm-hmm. you're a good risk, right? That yeah. I can up your limit and you're going to pay me back every time.
1: Yeah, there is a magic number here. So they, you know, okay. they, they want to see activity and we'll talk about that in a bit. You know, having a card that's dormant, it doesn't do anything for you. Right. But the magic number is 50%. Okay. So, you know, if you know you're going to be charging $1,000 each month, you wouldn't want to have one card with a $1,000 limit, you'd want to have maybe two cards and you split that spending up so that you don't go past the 50% utilization.
0: Okay, so that's really the only thing that I can do to control it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just basically keeping your, your balances down as much as possible. And it's not a case you'll be, you know, perfect credit every second of your life. You know, things will go up and down. Right. But again, th- to the point of the whole segment, these are kind of the sneaky things that you might not think about. Think you know, about. you might not think because I'm paying it off every month. You think you're doing everything right. But if that balance goes very high during the month, you might be getting a negative tick on your report.
0: Got it. Uh, what about closing old accounts?
1: Yeah, this one, talk about counterintuitive because many times when, you know, I have couples in my office and they say, you know what, we went to the mortgage broker and we wanted to clean up all our credit beforehand. And what we did is we looked at all of our accounts, there were a few of them that we weren't using too much anymore, and we closed those down. Yeah, And what they told me, I had this just last week, is the mortgage broker told them that was about the worst thing you could have done because what happens is you lose all of the history for those accounts. So oh. as soon as you close them down, it's like they never existed.
0: So it's not about just paying them off mm-hmm. or paying them down. Yep. It's closing it. I yeah. no longer want this.
1: Right. So okay. if, you're, if you're concerned, you don't want to show that you got, you know, five credit cards out there with very high limits, even if there's nothing on there, well, then get them to lower the limits, get them to bring them, you know, down to a thousand dollars or, or something like that but again if you close the account you might have paid that card religiously for years and years you never went above the 50 percent utilization it is the gold star on your credit rating you close the account you lose the history
0: that is and that is counterintuitive i agree doesn't Mm -hmm. make much sense what about co-signing debts i know that we've we've helped folks out over the years giving them a hand if they've gotten uh you know just need a bit of a help right it's a good thing to do makes you feel good Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm you just not have, always. Yeah,
1: you have to go into it with eyes wide open. And the way I say is, you know, never let anybody else ruin your credit. You know, it's your credit. If you're going to ruin it, do it yourself. But uh, when you co-sign a debt, you're agreeing to be responsible. And I'm sure you know this, Elaine, if, if you co-sign for somebody, it's a hundred percent of the debt. It's yeah. not 50-50. It's not some fraction. And if that person who you have co-signed for starts to miss payments, you know, unless you are very diligent in making up those missed payments or paying it off in their, in their stead, um, you could have an impact on your credit report As well, even though it's nothing that you've done other than put your name on the dotted line saying that you've been responsible, by doing that, you've given the opportunity that your credit rating could take a hit if things go unpaid.
0: Now, I know this is a little bit, I mean, it's connected to this, but if you got an idea of what I could do, how I could help somebody, what's the best way to help somebody, because I'm not, I know I'm not the only one out there that wants to give folks. A bit of help.
1: Yeah, so I generally say the best way you can help people is by giving them the tools, you know, the information that they need to help themselves right? Okay. So if you can give an introduction to, you know, a licensed insolvency trustee, if you can say, I've heard the show dollars and cents where Blair and Elaine talk about debt stuff all the time, it's a free consultation. And I have a meeting a lot of times with, you know, it's it's often, you know, young, young adults and sometimes their parents are there with them. And the parents have said, you know, we're prepared to pay off the debt for this person. We should all be so lucky. Um, but in that meeting, I'll be saying, well, wouldn't it be better if we can work out a consumer proposal, we can compromise the debt down to what's reasonable. If you want to help them out, help them pay off the proposal but let's have some responsibility in this situation let's face Mm -hmm. things head on and you'll save money for the overall family but you'll also teach the young individual okay you know this is not a get out of jail free card there's still consequences but it doesn't have to you know be life-altering a proposal you can pay off relatively quickly and move on
0: i should have talked to you (laughs) should have talked to you or gone to the website before and uh number five applying for more credit
1: Yeah. So I think a lot of people understand this, that if you go out and you're shopping around, you know, say for a vehicle, for example, uh, the more times your credit rating gets checked, um, that can have a negative impact on your rating. So if you go to a dealership and they run a credit check and then you go to another one and they run a credit oh. check, so on and so forth, all of those things are logged. And if you have too many of them in a short amount of time, it hurts your rating because creditors get nervous. Are you going all around town applying for credit? Is there a case that's all going to be granted? It's all going to get filled up and then the existing credit is not going to get paid off. So they get very nervous if you're, you know, they see a lot of hits on your credit, meaning checks, people, you know, basically checking your record to see if they're going to give you credit.
0: And that's really them am just looking at it without knowing any background information as yeah. to why you're doing it or how you're doing it or hmm
1: exactly yeah
0: that doesn't feel very good like I don't have a whole lot of control over that do I
1: right well what you do have control and, I, and this is what we recommend a very clever strategy here is if you are going to shop around a few places say it's a car you're going to go three or four different places you go and pull a copy of your credit report yourself. When you pull it yourself, there's no impact. You're allowed to do it at least once a year, um, sometimes more frequently if you choose to pay a fee for it, but pull your report yourself and bring it, physically bring it to the people that you're looking for financing from. And then it's only if you decide to go forward with the deal, then get them to check your credit. So you have one hit rather than multiples.
0: Got it. And they're going to certainly accept it as I hand them hand it to them. And that to me would say, oh, you're a pretty responsible person if you're giving me your credit rating. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so you look good in the at the end. Listen, if any of this information resonates with you and you want to take some action or you know somebody that you could uh, support in taking some action, uh, Blair Manton, Sands & Associates. It's easy to access him and the company uh, by calling 1-800-661-3030. That's for a free consultation and to find an office near you.